Hello and welcome to Delusion, a Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, what a year it's been. We had a taste of success last season and we spat it right back out. What the hell happened? Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and all simultaneously as well. Yeah. It was like watching a complete and utter um, explosion happen at like a power plant or something and there's just these Chernobyl kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just these remains. <laughs> right. And you at go the back end and try of the and season. piece together exactly which part was the issue. Exactly. They really all were the issue. I mean them. it really was. Like it couldn't have been a worse performance in terms of the players and our top line talent. Yeah. It couldn't have been worse in terms of our coaching, um, our game style, our injuries, our high performance management. Every single thing was was a disaster. Yeah, across the board, it is bad, and we'll obviously go through that this episode in our season review. But one thing that really strikes me right now is I feel like the supporters are pretty sour. I think more so than than before. This is a this is a sourness which is um, definitely eclipsing the Neil era. I, I would say. Yeah, because we had these expectations going into the season. And honestly, I think people would have been fine with us not doing as well as last season, given the injuries and so on. But the level of the drop-off is amazing. Well, I think it's the sense that Melbourne supporters thought that we had finally, you know, gone through the tunnel and come out the other side. Mm. And to feel as though we're right back to square one, um, despite all of these draft picks, despite all of the work that was done by Ruzi and Peter Jackson to rehabilitate the club, feeling like you've gone back to square one, right. which we really have. I mean, five wins for the whole year. That's only one game better than when than we were in 2014. And it's a bit pathetic that uh, we're during going... During first year. Right. It's a bit pathetic that we're going cap in hand to the AFL, making a presentation about how Gold Coast shouldn't get a priority pick because we should get pick two. I mean, that's just... It's pathetic. It, it really, really is. is pathetic. And it's funny because we were thinking about, you know, just a drop-off of this magnitude um, was only really seen in when Frio went from third to 16th in right. 2016. So that year that the Bulldogs won the... Um, the premiership and it was it was awful but at least with Frio I mean people can say what they will about Ross Lyon but they'd made four successive you know finals appearances um they were so close to you know they made a grand final they were pretty close to winning Mm. um a premiership and they had a really old aging list right right? which everybody thought that that list was eventually going to fall off a cliff and that was the point at which it did only after though they made these four finals appearances I think the thing that people can't really understand and comprehend at the moment is the fact that we had a list, which we have a list, which is really young and which technically should be really only now coming into its prime. And yet it looks like we're back to square one. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to go through the season somewhat briefly, I think, this this week, because frankly, I think Melbourne supporters know what the problems are and are a bit depressed by it all. Um, we're going to spend more of this episode, I think, talking about the future very quickly on the past, though, the North Melbourne game, which we haven't talked about. Ugh. We're going to give the briefest consideration of it. Um, what did you think about it? It was quite a, quite a funny way to finish the season, in a way. Oh, well, I thought it was just riddled with errors on both sides. The skill yeah. level is really quite appalling. I mean, it's quite funny because I read that article on AFL.com about Willie Rioli taking jibes at other members of the West Coast team not being as good as kicking as he is. And it would be quite funny if he went and watched that Melbourne North game and he could really be taking uh, jibes. I don't think he'd take jibes. It's like being offensive to the the person who like can't run or something. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's, you know, I just felt like that Sean Higgins goal at the end was a really 
mo- brief moment of class in an otherwise awful game. And well, obviously, after Gorn, Jones's kick into the middle, oh, it was cre- awful. created that situation. That's... I thought Gorn was amazing, though, as always. And obviously, huge congrats to Gorn for making All Australian yeah. again. And he'll definitely win our BNF. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And it seems pretty clear that he's going to be the captain next year. Yeah, That's which what I all like. The sounds are from the, within the club, from him yeah. himself. You broke that news. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, one positive is I think for the first time, Gorn and Proust playing together actually looked okay, uh, which hasn't really worked all season. Uh, that was something. That's something. I, Gorn really did do a spectacular job. I think Gorn made Proust look a lot better than maybe he he would have looked. But he did a couple of decent things around the ground. Um, I just thought it was hilarious watching the end of that game because oh. you'll probably remember the game of, I think it was 2016, where we had uh, this incredible game against North Melbourne in Tasmania. Gordon played amazingly. In the last 10 seconds, Stretch had the chance to win That's the game. That's right. And he, and he kicked it behind. This was a shootout game, right? Where it right, was just right. like... I think Gorn kicked five goals. Maybe Goldstein, Goldstein kicked, kicked four. five or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. an incredible game. And this time, instead of Stretch, it's his best mate, Nibbler, oh. missing the shot. I mean... And also, being really thirsty, let's be honest here, there was a man open and he could have, have kicked... Yeah, kick? absolutely. I mean, he nearly kicked it. It goes one centimetre to the left and you say, that's a good kick. I don't know. And I don't know if I'd back Milkshake's kicking for goal this season either. Well, I would have backed it over Neil Bullens, I can assure yeah. you. But that was, yeah, quite a quite a fitting end to the season, I would have thought. It all um, summed it up. It really did. But it was it was just a horrible clangor fest, wasn't it? It's like not even <laughs> worth really repeating. I mean, I thought they battled manfully. There was a lot of effort. Mm. But it's the same story of the season. There's a lot of effort and very minimal skill and many, minimal spread and, and, you know, touch. So right. that's, the, that's the issue, isn't it? Right. Well, Sunitz, what has been your biggest disappointment from this season? There's a a long list. There really is. So, look, I would have to say the preseason, the the preseason injuries has been, I think, a large source of the the problems this year. So that's obviously not getting preseason right was obviously a really, really big problem. And and as I've said, I mean, really good teams, like a lot of players go in for surgeries during pre-seasons, yeah. particularly ones that play during the final series. And yet we just did not handle it well at all. So that was really disappointing. Um, T-Mac and Brayshaw for me are probably my disappointments in terms of players. I just really thought that they would extend upon what was a really awesome season last year. Right. And I will say, in fairness to Goodwin, if you're lining up the team, thinking about what's going to happen this year... And then you find out that T-Mac can barely touch the ball for like 12 games in a row after kicking 50 goals last year. Yeah. It's hard Gus to predict Gus is that. not collecting. Gus, Gus is Gus kind of a bit lost. goes from third in the brown low to looking like an incredibly average player. Yeah. It is hard to predict that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I do think that um, Goodwin hasn't really come up with a plan B. He never really has a plan B. I mean, right. his plan B is always to turn a defender into a forward and that's the end right. of his plan and B. And to dominate... Contested possessions. And the amazing thing about this year is in inside 50s, I think we're fifth in the league. In contested possessions, we're fourth in the league. Yeah. So we actually have kept to the plan. There's no real question about that. Right. It's just that we've got no nothing else. There's we've no plan B. No plan B. There is no spread. There is no skill. And I do think, I have to say, I think the list management really needs some critical... There needs to be a much more critical analysis of the list management team Mm. so we've had the same list management team for a number of years now headed by jason taylor and obviously jack viney or sorry jason taylor's the recruitment guy but yeah but effectively those guys are todd viney todd viney but i think that that those roles really need to be looked at very critically i mean there's got to be a reason why after all this many drafts we have not managed to draft a single we don't have a single small forward who looks promising 
in mm. the team. Mm. Not one. And yeah. we don't have any wingmen, really. I mean, I will say with the small forwards, going into the season, you probably would have said that Hannon was quite promising. That's true. And you, you would have said Spargo was quite promising. So those players have really gone backwards in ways that are probably a little bit hard to predict, I think, in fairness. I think that's true. Hannon had a lot of injuries before the season started. I agree yeah. with that. I think bad mood off looting Kent. I mean, look, he still didn't play that many games, but I think he's the kind of player that would have added some... I agree, but also we just haven't seemed to have drafted any other... I mean, putting aside Hannon and, and um, Spargo, who else is there, really, who are these sort of promising, quick, small forwards who are skillful? And where are the wingmen? Yeah. That's the main question I have. Yeah. We have no wingers. It's we didn't draft issue. any wingers. Yeah. We drafted no one with outside leg speed. Yeah, yeah. It's a massive concern. Um, yeah, and you look at the young talent... And my, my biggest disappointment is... Okay, some of our senior players haven't had a great time, but usually in a year like this, you blood some young players, you find a few that are going to really be, show something, right? And we have, I guess, with, with Hoare, and I suppose Fritch has gone a bit better. Locker. But you look at some of the other players. You've got, um, you know, Corey Wagner, Spargo, Baker, Sparrow, Jordan, you know, Keelty. Like, we've given a lot of players a try. Yeah, and we've we haven't seen a, a hell of a lot no. from them. That's the thing that I find the most disappointing. And as have we even won a rising star this season? No. Isn't that incredible? No, and we've blooded that many we've blooded that many youngsters. Like they've been given yeah. opportunities. So they so you know, the Oscar Bakers of this world were not given any opportunities last year. But yeah. there's no doubt that they were given chances he was given chances this year. But they they just don't look like they're gonna to amount to much. So I think that we really don't have any young, quick talent on the list. Yeah. Um, to be perfectly blunt blunt. So that's not great. Uh, May's return. Yeah. It was a bit, Jeez. you know, and I, I feel a bit sorry for me because he's been the sort of poster boy for Melbourne's problems this year. Right. But I think he does reflect maybe an attitudinal issue that was um, that was pretty pronounced during the preseason. Even Jordan Lewis talked about it and so did Gorn, that people were not coming back hungry or desperate to work or yeah. um, in it's great incredible. shape. They talk about a premiership hangover and we just had a top four hangover. Yeah. No, we had one year of success hangover. It's like they yeah. said to themselves, you know what? We've made a prelim, so therefore we don't need to do any work, right. which is absurd. Right. Um, so that's a real losing culture attitude, I would say. Yeah. And a real organizational failure. Yeah. Um, so that's that. But So yeah, there's a real litany of, of problems and disappointments from this season. What do you think about the contract extension? We discussed it at the start of the year. Yes. I went back and listened to our episode, and I do think we were a little bit prescient. Um, Melbourne fans were jumping up and down about how great it was that Goodwin was getting extended and... I think we were both pretty skeptical because he had like one good year. Um, and now we've got him locked in for another three years after this one. Right. And look, I do genuinely believe that, you know, this is the worst of all possible outcomes this year and things could be a lot better next year. Like I'm not writing him off in terms of his ability to be a decent coach for Melbourne, but if he's struggling next year, I mean, would we sack him? We'd have start to pay him out another two years. We contract, would have right? to. Or I maybe mean, they've got some. The crowds some are dwindling. Like the crowds by the end of the season were pathetic. It was yeah. extraordinary. Like, oh, actually, it was quite funny. My dad went to the Swans game. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the Melbourne Swans game. To and be clear, not a Melbourne fan. No, he actually took some of his German colleagues um, who were visiting internationally to the Swan, to the Melbourne Swans game. And anyway, he described it as the single most boring sort of three hours of his life. And even the Germans and the foreigners all found it boring as well. So they were not enthralled by the game, needless to say. No, but didn't they no, have some funny comments about it? Yeah, I thought they were saying that um, 
that Sydney was the professional team and that Melbourne was like the amateur team. Yeah. Like, it was like a pro They pro-am. thought it was a pro-am tour. Yeah. yeah they thought like they Australia were like... Australia versus Australia A or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't realise that these were two teams <laughs> two that were actually teams. in the same league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that. It was and like then... a team in Division 2 of yeah. the Bundesliga or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and then they also asked if... Um, they thought that it was like... They were watching the Melbourne... Um, once my dad clarified that, no, Melbourne is actually a professional sporting team and not an amateurs team, they were confused because... They were watching the game and they saw all the Melbourne um, players playing like it was under fives where you all just go towards the ball and then you yeah. don't actually have under any fives, fixed... Under uh, fives soccer, right? Under yeah. fives soccer and you, you, go, you just run towards the ball yeah. and you don't actually have any fixed positions. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they thought that it was... The catch, yeah, usually. exactly. And they thought it was... Um, they, it was hilarious because they were just like, this reminds us of under fives soccer games where all the children are just running towards the ball and yeah. no one has any sense of like where they should be on the ground. Right. Um, so it was quite funny. And this was before Dad even experienced explain to them the calamity that was Melbourne's season this year. Yeah, it's been remarkable. But look, we should say there have been a few positives and we should talk about them. Um, Obviously, Gorn, we've talked about another excellent season. Do you you think he's been better than last year? Yeah, I do. And I think it's really unfortunate that um, he just hasn't gotten any... He won't get the recognition for having as a great season. I guess he got all Australian, so that's a recognition. I think he was better last year. I, you know, I just think I think that he's had a great year, but the difference is I don't think he's been quite as good this year around the ground. He's been very good, but not quite as good. And his goal kicking, I think, has been more of a problem this year. I think his goal kicking has been more of a problem. I think he's actually been... I think his tap outs so have been... Yeah. His tap work, good, they're always amazing. But yeah. he... Yeah, it's... I think he is... He's done everything. He really has. And then some, to be honest. He's There have been games where... I remember it was a GWS game and it was effectively GWS versus Gorn. Yeah. You know, and you just sit there thinking... God, this guy just can't keep doing it all. Maybe that's why I think, in particular, he's had a better season this year than last year because of how much he has managed to try and drag this team along with him and really instill some leadership and, and, you know, standards into the team, which have not been working, unfortunately. But Do you think he should be the solo captain next year? Definitely. I don't think Viney should be captain at all, but I think that they'll be reticent to take it off him. Yeah. It'd be pretty harsh to take it off Viney. I mean, he's... I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think Viney needs to focus on his own football for the moment. I mean, I don't think it's that. Yeah. As a you know, as opposed to, I don't know. I, yeah, that's my view on it. No, I think it makes sense. I don't think you'll have many complaints if it becomes gone solo. Um, okay, and then other positives. I think Petrarca's had a pretty good year. Maybe not the explosive Degoe year that I predicted. At you the start, did. At the start of the I don't think he started very well, obviously, but he he's, he's been pretty. Good. He's pretty. Yeah, and honestly, he's. I could only imagine the frustration being the key forward effectively when right. he wants to be in the midfield. And it's all just the whole thing is very frustrating. Well, yeah, there was some reporting that he was very frustrated with the club for not giving him enough midfield time. Right. And he did play a lot in the midfield in the in the North Melbourne game. And I thought he was very good. Right. I mean, he's so clean. The problem is, is that we've had no targets all year. So he's been forced to become this target. Yeah. And being a forward, being a target in our forward line is like, I mean... <clears throat> You're basically swimming out at sea with absolutely right. no life jacket or, you know, anyone, hope, you know, assisting you whatsoever. Right, right, right. Um, relying on drinking your own urine to survive. Effectively, yeah, I would yeah. say so. Um, but the problem is his body shape. He doesn't really look like a 50% of the game midfielder. No, so I think that it'll be interesting to see what Darren Burgess does with him. <laughs> yeah. I think that this might be a real... Um, what, what, did they, what did that... Uh, the Carlton guy at Fitness Plus do to um, Mitch McGovern. He put him in the cage. What did he do? He put him in a cage and made him box him for like around, you know, 
three days straight until he kept vomiting. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was more like a form of torture. I don't know what the AFL Players Association would have thought of that, but... You think we need to do that to track? Yeah, maybe just Darren Burgess just needs to put him in a cage um, Look, he's been good. Anyone who calls for him to be traded is stupid. He's a gun. Um, Jaden Hunt? Yeah, maybe he's, resuscitated his career. I mean, again, it's it's because last year was such a low base, but yeah. you know he really has come along, I guess, in some ways. Again, though, he also got dropped because he's being moved around so much and being asked to be this zippy forward yeah. in a forward line, which is just a disaster. So that's that's tough. Yeah. Lever's marking, I think, is a highlight. You put this on the list. I do not see Lever as a positive from this season. I mean, I'm glad that he didn't get injured. That, that to me, is the positive. His kicking I wasn't great. he's been great. perfectly okay. Yeah, but I do think, first of all, not getting injured is a tick in this team. <laughs> it really is. Like, we have to seize on the small victories, okay? They got some games into him. Yeah. And I do think at some points he really showed a strong intercept marking ability, yeah. which is why we recruited him. I actually at least understood that. I mean, the kicking I'm a little bit iffy about, but... He showed a bit. He's going to need to do a lot to convince me about the merits of this trade, to be honest. I I mean, but it's not his fault what the club paid for him. But at the same time, got to see a lot more. Because I just saw when he was in these one-on-ones, like particularly against Majacek, he just got brutalized, you know? I and, agree with that, yeah. So, I don't know. Jury's very much out. It will be better, you'd hope, when you've got a fit May next to him, a fit Frost. Yeah. You know. Frost was a real positive, I would say. Frost was a massive positive. Yeah, we'll come back to him later, but he was very good. Um, young players, obviously Hoare, which we've kind of forgotten about because it was early in the season, but he was great. He really was, and he did a lot. I mean, the fact that he won us the Gold Coast game yeah. was, was a real highlight, and I think he, um, I, yeah, I think he really has showed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Jason Tell has a few of these like lower picks that he's done quite well with. I mean, I think he nailed it with Fritch. Really no did, yeah. Fritch is a star. After a bit of a slow start to the season, playing forward, he was fantastic. Petty's another one who actually did pretty well. Not sure about his kicking, but he really no. can. He's got great hands, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a bit of talent. So, look, there were a few there. I think you can make a case that, that Salem did pretty well, except I for the last... I think he tapered off, didn't he? He had a terrible end of the season. Mm. But you have to say he was pretty good for the first, you know, 10 to 15 rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But pretty slim pickings. Um, yes, the Rowan Bale Award for most consistently underrated player this year. Who's your nomination, Kieran Iyer? You know it's Sam Frost. Wheels Frost. I think this has been his, his standout season. He's probably made a statement to the competition, and to you specifically, <laughs> <laughs> about what he's capable of doing. He's been amazing. He's why people go through the gates. <laughs> Some people go to see Buddy. I would go to see him. Some people go to see Buddy. Buddy. Other people go and see Charlie Cameron, and other people go to see Sam Frost. Good to see this year. Some people go to see Frostball. Frostball. What yeah. is he going to do? I love Frostball. Look, Rewalt, it's way better than Goodwin Ball. Ah, oh, that's definitely true. Well, Rewalt, I Nick Rewalt made the right point. I think when he said that Sam Frost really has become our most important defender. Yeah. And he's easily, and he's the person we paid the least for, which is a real indictment, I think, on Lever and May. Right. Um, particularly May. I mean, we still pay a pick twenty for Sam Frost. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, totally. I think he's been pretty good one-on-one and he's reduced the number of stupid things he does to maybe like two again, mm. which is a pretty decent ratio for Frost, I'd say. <laughs> like if he gets it down to one a game, you don't know what level he'll get to. You know what I mean? Uh, he has... That's inspiring stuff to <laughs> I just love him so much and yeah, uh, who knows what he's going to do, but no, very good season from Frosty. I think he's locked out Oscar McDonald now. I think that's definitely in the true. clash of titans for, for <laughs> fullback. this team Um, is there anything else you want to say about the season before we move to the trade Um, period I think I'm good if any other (laughs) Melbourne supporters want to um, you know 
voice their grievances on our Facebook page or on our Instagram page, please do so. I think we're all just happy the season's over, to be honest. I think so. I don't think anyone wants to talk about the season any longer, honestly. Yeah. But I, And I love trade period. Yeah. I love it. It's the best time of the year. It gives you some hope, doesn't totally, it? Totally, totally. Even it's if like, it's very unbridled and Yeah, unfounded. finally. Like, which new slow inside midfielder we're going to draft, you know? That's mm, the kind of stuff that gets you really going. It really does. <laughs> um, all right, so the departure lounge. Let's go, Needs. Which Dower defender will we draft? Well, look, it looks like we're still interested in Alex Keith. Yes. Which, again, I just... Although, apparently, just... Alex Keith toured the St Kilda facilities. Yeah. So, St Kilda seems to want the exact same players we do. Hill, <sighs> Keith... Okay, the heel part makes sense, but I'm not sure what they're doing about Keith. But anyway, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's let's before we talk about the specific targets, I want to ask you something. So we we're going to have either pick two or pick three, right? Right, probably pick three. It seems is the way the wind's blowing. Do we want to trade that for the best player we can get, or do we want to go to the draft? I think we want to go to the draft. I mean, it always depends on what that player, who that player Obviously. is for pick three, right? But based on the names that are... Yeah, the names mix. that are in the mix don't seem to be that compelling for a trade using the pick three. Right. So I would say go to the draft. Unless I don't, we split the picks. I don't like the splitting picks. I think it's too cute. I mean, this is what happened with the Salem-Tyson trade. I mean, yeah. the famous... Yeah, when we could have had Josh Kelly. Why? Or, it's just sometimes... Or, um, Billings, yeah. Or, yeah, like sometimes you just get too cute. Sometimes it's just go with the bad player who is the best player in yeah. the draft. I mean... Trying to do this whole two for the price of one is just sometimes a bit too finicky. I agree. And they do sound like there's some pretty handy players. I mean, you look at um, like Caleb Sarong or, or Flanders, this guy who in, I think, the TAC Cup final kicked four goals and got 29 possessions. You know, there's, there's clearly talent there. Yeah. Part of me is just like, let's just get the best kid we can. I agree. You know, it's someone quick who's got a bit of outside game and just throw him into the midfield. I don't know. I don't trust this lineup to do anything too fancy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, although there is some talk that a lot of teams want pick three, like GWS really needs it potentially to get Tom Green, and so maybe they'll give us pick five, and then there's some other kind of swap. I don't know. I'm just worried about I it. I just, I wonder about, I, I really think that we need to go back to the draft. I, I really believe that. I just don't think we have the talent on the list yeah. to sort of top up with, you know, mature age players. So even, I mean, as I've told you multiple times, like you look at the uh, tr- the... Once we got rid of Hogan last year and we got pick six, the fact that we didn't use that on Ben King is causing me angst because he looks like a superstar in the making. He really does. And that would have been, you know, trying to do this whole like, oh, we get pick six and then we trade it on for May. And I get that the defense was a problem, but you look at the talent of a kid like Ben King and go, that kid would, first of all, stay forever because he's a Melbourne boy and wants to be in Melbourne. Yeah. And like... And he's someone you really could have developed into being a, a powerhouse in the future. I don't know. I just don't like these sort of attempts at being too cute. Right. Well, I would be pretty happy if we got Langton through the door, if we get a jet at pick three, right? Which you'd hope we would. Right. And then maybe another player who's got a bit of something who's on the who's on the outside. So, for example, we've apparently been linked to Carl Amon, um, who I think is pretty good from what I've seen of him. Yeah, he's I pretty think quick. so. He's pretty yes, handy. he's quick. He's the type of player we need. He's good. Brad Hill seems like it's going to be difficult to get. Seems to kill the money. I don't think we have the money, to which is fine because I do think Langdon, as we've discussed before on the podcast, statistically indistinguishable from Hill. I mean, I don't think the statistics are <laughs> particularly uh, revealing in this instance, but well, maybe not. But Langdon's Brad younger just runs and cheaper, so much. and if we only have yeah. to pay pick twenty for him, true. But Hill could really he would, he could be a real. He would really propel this team forward, I think. He would help. He would help. But okay, if we can get him, great. But I feel like we won't. Keith, I don't really see the point of. Oh, Surely that's that a joke. That just kills me. No, I think that they are committed to this May forward now experiment. 
You can't be serious. That's the reason so. we're trying to do it? I think so. We put we put Alice Keith in the back line, put May forward. Oh. I thought it was more that they just wanted to get rid of Frost and they just wanted to have a totally new back line. Leave a May Keith. I mean, that's also possible. I'm not sure. No, I think that Frost was told he was a, 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 he was a crucial part of the, <laughs> of the plan going forward. Thank God. Yeah. There's so many players, though, that, I don't know, maybe we're doing things behind the surface, but amazingly, it seems like we're not talking to them. So, Zach Jones. Yeah. Surely we'd throw money at Zach Jones. No, Have not heard he's a been word linked to St. Kilda. St. Kilda. St. Kilda's everywhere. Um, Isaac Smith, right? I don't oh. know if he'd be interested. But he's also 30 and probably a bit old, but still, he didn't prove oh, the team. You'd take him on a two or three year deal, I yeah, reckon. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jack Martin, haven't heard a word about that. Yeah, he's going to Carlton, I think. Um, Sam Gray, Carlton, Papley. Papley, Papley. See, Sam Gray, exactly... I think, is a very handy player. I would love to get Sam Gray into the team. I think he'd solve a lot of our forward problems. I'd be much more keen on getting someone like Papley into the team. Right. Papley, though, you'd probably need potentially even a top 10 pick. His stats are very good. Yeah, but oh, just find someone to trade out. I don't know, but just figure it out. I just, I don't know why we're not aggressively pursuing these people. Yeah. Elliot? What do you think of Elliot? He's had some body issues. He's, but he's a good very mark. injury prone, but a good mark, yeah. I mean, look, none of these people could harm the current team. Right. Here is the thing. All of these people would significantly improve what we have. Right, right now, we have Corey Wagner in the forward line Yeah. at points. Yeah. We have Stretch in the forward line. We have Lockhart in the forward line. Yeah. All of these names would improve that. <laughs> yeah, the forward line that last round was quite comical, wasn't it? Who was yeah. it again? It was Petrarca and Fridge, and then it was just whoever was around and wanted to have a kick. Bruce and his Wagner and his I don't even know it's Uh, just so bad so all of these players will be better than what we currently have look I think realistically it's some of these good players that we've noted probably aren't going to want to come I think we've got a better chance of maybe getting like a Mason Wood who's more of a fringe player but very talented but very talented I think he'd be a great like uh, compliment to Fritch I think he's a similar kind of type Um, Brandon Ellis what do you think about him well, it just looks like he's he's had an excellent season. So it looks yeah, like but apparently staying. Carlton's pulled out of um, the running and Richmond doesn't seem like they can afford him. Well, I would love that, but they don't really seem to, I mean, go for players who have had good seasons. They seem to go for these, you know, I don't know if it fits with the ethos of the club. Right. Well, I don't know. The point is, there are a bucket load of interesting targets this season. I really do think that. Mm. It's not like there's a shortage of people. I agree with so that. So I hope we're... And there's always people who come out of the woodwork who you didn't even know were targets. Right, right. What about in terms of our list and who's moving in and out? So we know that Lewis is out, obviously. Maynard out. Garlett out. Keelty out. Right. Um, and we now know that Jones has been re-signed for a year. Yeah. Which I think is a decent move. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was just what needed to happen at the club. I mean, I look, I'm always... I, I think that, you know, I completely understand the reasons why they gave him an extra year. The thing I don't like is a sense of, you know, some of the supporters saying, oh, he, the club owes him that extra year. I, I don't know if I believe in that owing language, right? Well, it sounds to me like they didn't give him much money. Yeah. Because the way he even talked about the one-year deal, it's like he essentially made it seem like he had to accept reality and just take the one-year deal on much lower money. I mean, he didn't say this explicitly, but that was the vibe you get from when he was talking about it. So I think the club did the right thing on that. Yeah, I think so. But I don't think that... I don't know. I don't like this idea that people... Maybe I'm just a ruthless human being, but I I just don't know if I believe in, you know, veterans just needing to stay on the list just because of the fact that they've served the club in the past. No, no, not at all, not at all. But look, I'm, I'm comfortable with him being there. And I think he, he at times has been a little bit of a scapegoat. Like he hasn't had a I good agree year, with but, that. Geez, but there's been a lot, a lot of, of people. The Neil Bullens of this world, right, right. will he be on the list? Well, Neil Bullen, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the players that I, as far as I know, are out of contract. Neil Bullen, Corey Wagner, Josh Wagner, Jay Kennedy Harris, Lockhart, Joel Smith, Tim Smith, 
Baker, Collegeasney, Chandler, and Dunkley. So did Collegeasney only get a one-year deal? I, this is from a website which seemed to have the player contracts. I'm assuming it's accurate. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those players, I mean, Tim Smith has had so many body issues. Yeah, I feel sorry He's for him. He's a really handy player. I like him as well, yeah. Joel Smith has had body issues. Obviously, Collegeasney has had the concussions. Who knows? Yeah. Wouldn't shock me if he retired at some yeah, point. Yeah, right? I mean, it sounds like he's just constantly... He can't really do much with these concussion issues, right? Is he yeah. training? And I have no idea. Um, but look, I would like to re-sign Lockhart because you showed a bit. Um, I think JKH did enough to, to get another year. Yeah. Um, I like Josh Wagner, as you know. I think that I'm sort of ready to, to cut cords there. Really? With, with both Wagners? Mm, I think so. Okay. Well, I think Corey showed a little bit as well. But players like, I mean, Neil Bullard. <laughs> what more can we say about Neil Bullard? Oscar Baker, I don't know. I mean, this none of these players I'm particularly excited about either way. I'm not, no, I'm not desperate to cut them, but I'm not excited about them. Yeah, I'm probably more in the cut category. Are you? Yeah, this is the ruthless me, though. But the problem is we can't cut everyone, so, you know. Yeah. There's yeah, only so many, so many people we can cut at the end of the year. That's true. And after, an, after a year like this, the tendency does become to sort of catastrophize and think we need to cut all these people, which is right. probably not true, right? Of course I mean, it's not obviously. True. The truth is, a lot of these fringe players looked a lot better when the team was going around. Definitely. Right. Um, but yeah, the fact is we just don't have that much depth. Yeah. There's no question about it. So I don't know. I'm really concerned. Um, but look, we're going to be watching the trade period very closely. We'll do a diluted episode during trade week. Yes. And please send us any of your hypothetical trades or, yeah. um, and unsourced rumors. We'll definitely yes, put them we love them. Yeah. The more defamatory, the better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess that's really all there is to say about this season and yes. the trade period. Um, Thanks to our listeners for supporting Deluded for the We're third so appreciative. Season. We love making this podcast for you guys, even when it is very negative. And we love the feedback we get and the support we get from all of you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks, Nates. Thanks for doing this again for a third year in a row. No worries. You force me into it every year, but I'm always happy to oblige. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need it. Um, no, it's been it's been very good. I think it has been therapeutic in it some ways. It has been. Yeah, this has been like a real... Yeah, this is sort of like my weekly counseling session, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. And of course, this year was the year we took a bold new step into social media, both with an Instagram page. Yes. That you did not do any posting on. Well, no, I accidentally the other day realized that I was posting content for my personal account onto the deluded account. Right. But some of the content that was going on my personal account was like filming a clown <laughs> in the middle of... Um, in the middle of the Some Boston top, Common. Top quality content. Yes, yeah, yeah. singing Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. So you post that on the deal. Yeah, Instagram and I didn't realize. I, I posted maybe four or five videos of this guy, this clown, yeah. um, singing Hallelujah in Boston Common. Uh, to that the deluded so page. Confusing. I think it was. Yeah. I think people didn't understand the relevance to the tees and really thought that maybe I was trying to use the deluded podcast page for lifestyle content, which I was in some ways. But well, well next year we'll be back with better social media yes, content. Yes, that's the We goal. attempted to have a, a one video that we posted on our Instagram yeah, page. Yeah, and we were marked mercilessly. Awkward. It was. You looked, yeah. you looked so Because I didn't want to do it. I'm made for radio, really. Um, yeah, next time you do the video, so I'll just stick on, okay. stick on the radio. But thanks again for joining Deluded. Please follow us at Deluded Podcast. Uh, and until the trade period podcast in October, go Dees. Go Dees.